Hello and welcome to Counterpoints. This is episode 26. Tonight we have a uh, reduced crew calling into the pod. We have myself, Kevin, and Casey. What up, Casey? How are you doing tonight? Oh, I'm hanging in there, buddy. How about yourself? I'm kind of regretting that I'm not on this uh, this trip with uh, Matt and Jack, but Casey and I are setting this one out for good reason. We'll get to that in a minute or two. Uh, we wanted to thank the returning listeners. Uh, this podcast is a podcast where we argue about the same stupid shit we argue about in breweries and bars. So now that I've you know said the script that Matt says every week, listeners, by the way, there's a sneak peek on how we do these things. Let's get to the beer check-ins because I want a beer. Hey. <laughs> All right, Casey, what you got tonight? So I'm drinking, uh, actually, this is kind of goes back to our time here in Colorado when you guys came out for my birthday. I'm drinking the uh, Petite Sour Plum flavor. They've got, I think, four different flavors. Uh, I don't know if they had the plum flavor when we went there, but this is from Crooked Stave, located here in Denver, Colorado. I've actually been drinking a couple of these, like this kind of, I, I think they're all very similar line. They're just different flavors. They've got a raspberry, they got a peach, a blueberry, and a plum. I believe we had the blueberry at the brewery when we went there, but I don't know if we had the plum. So uh, I'm opening up the plum for, for tonight's episode. Yeah, that that's good to see. They um I've been seeing some of their petite sours distributing out here in, in San Diego. Um you know I've had a fair amount of them so I haven't you know necessarily prioritized getting them but they are solid beers and so listeners if you can get petite sours from Crooked Stave in your in your market space go for it they're great beers like Casey Yeah said. do it do it do it don't don't hesitate on that one do it All right so I, I tonight I am having a brewery or a beer from Alvarado Street Brewing Company here in California it's called Give Thanks it's a northeast style IPA with a cornucopia of hops malt and yeast and you can see the uh the Norman Rockwell image on this can there, which is pretty cool. So, you know, let's get a nice uh, can crack and get this going. Man, it smells that like was a good one. of hops. Yeah, <laughs> can, I can smell this. I smelled the hops instantaneously. I popped the can. It was just blasting me in the face. That was that was great. Mm. All right. So I love that artwork, by the way. It's absolutely fantastic. I, I got to think that there's going to be more than one brewery who's done a, a Norman Rockwell thing before, you know, but this one is uh, this one was very appropriate. I, I am thankful for this time of the year. I'm thankful for many things for my health for my family for my friends for this podcast of all things but true you know thankful for beer too amen uh so what beer have you had this week casey anything uh noteworthy so really it's just been the the petite sours i for some weird reason i've just been on this sour craze and i don't again i kind of want to go back to some of the things we've talked about where you know certain styles of beer are more common or less common in certain times of year and I don't know if sours are uh, very popular this time of year, but I've found that I actually really enjoy it this time of year. And I like to do a kind of a sour with more of the, the, the sweeter style beers that you get, uh, like the Christmas flavored or Christmas style beers that you get this time of year. So it's a nice like kind of give and take or offset so that something's not so sweet or the opposite, something's not so sour. So lots of sours. There is one from Dry Dock that's not a sour. It's their Cherry Blonde, and it was phenomenal. I actually really enjoyed it. I had it for the first time, I think, yesterday uh, while I was watching uh, college football. So that's really what I've been drinking. Nothing too crazy. Kind of trying to drown a little bit of the sorrow of not being with the other guys, but <laughs> I don't know. We'll, 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 get, we'll get through it. 
I think I think they're drowning the sorrow of either us not being there or of them being there together or whatever reason. Either way, they're drowning themselves in beer. So I, like you, went down the uh, the sour trail this past week as well. And of the beers that I've had, and they're, unfortunately, there have been quite a lot this week. Three I want to highlight are from a brewery called Drecker in, I believe, North Dakota, maybe even Helena, Montana. I can't remember exactly where they're at. By the way, they distributed a, a four different cans of beer out here to San Diego. Three of them are all fantastic sours. Uh, they're all like milkshake or pastry sours. So the first one I want to highlight is a slang du jour. It's a um, a pie style sour. And this version of it was blueberry peach cobbler. And it was delicious here. And if I can stall while I pull up the untapped notes here, because there are so many great things in this. It had peach, granola, cinnamon, brown sugar, lactose, vanilla, and blueberry. God damn, that sounds good. And it tastes exactly like a boozy blueberry peach cobbler. It, they nailed it. That's impressive. That Because, you know, cobblers are hard to do as a cobbler. Mm-hmm. And then trying to translate that taste, I feel like, into a beer has to be difficult. Has to, right? Like, if I feel like if the thing you're making that is food is difficult to make, especially with those um, particular types of flavors, Mm -hmm. The translating that to beer has to be tough, right? Absolutely. I think it's easier to do with sweeter goods than the savory goods. Like they make, um, there's a stout from Porter, actually, from a brewery here called Pizza Port called Bacon and Eggs. It's meant to be like a a breakfast style stout that has a bit of like maple and a bit of coffee in it. And I really think that the coffee kind of kills that beer. And it's it's a longstanding grudge of mine against this particular beer that everyone around here loves. But I think the coffee ruined it. I think you can do sweet like food as a beer a lot easier than you can savory food. That's a good point. And also with that coffee, like, again, don't drink coffee. But I think one of the reasons why I don't drink coffee or like it is that taste is so powerful. So is that what you're kind of saying with that beer that it the coffee taste overpowers the bacon and the egg? That's exactly what it was. Yeah, you know, see, mm. you get that coffee there and, and you, you you can't drink it cold. First of all, you have to let it warm up. And if you let it get too warm, then it just kind of loses all flavor. It's just I, I'm not I'm kind of going down the route of Matt here and not liking coffee and beer and that I don't like like straight coffee beers. I want coffee with a bunch of other things. But if it's like a coffee porter and it's just a porter with coffee, I'm out. See, and I'm just if there's a taste of coffee and it's overpowering, I'm out. Like it could be made with coffee or not made with coffee. If it tastes like it, I'm out. <laughs> gotcha. Uh, what A couple more from Drecker, though, before we move on, listeners. Uh, they have a series called Brains. It's uh, about seven A's here. It's a zombie-themed beer. And let's see if I can pull up the artwork here and show you, Casey. Check that out. See that little guy right there? So it's a skull Dude, with, a, sweet. with a bunch of fruit draped over it. And so they do a bunch of different versions of these brains. And I had was lucky enough to have two different versions of the brains this weekend and the same night, actually. First one was blackberry, blueberry, sorry, blackberry, plum and raspberry. So this was just like a melange of like a, a, a lactose sour. And the second one was raspberry, strawberry and lime. So, again, you know, they just kind of add all these fruits in there. They add a bunch of lactose, a little bit of sugar and then see what happens. And they're all great. Sounds good. I, I, I how, You said how many different styles of the brains? Uh, so I, I had two this weekend untapped had like, uh, at least 10 on their, on their list when I was punching it in. So that's pretty good. So it's the same kind of style of beer with different, uh, hops or other additional flavors. Yeah, Is that yeah. kind of down the same? Okay. Well, it's kind of like, impressive. It's, it's kind of like your petite beer, right? So the petite sour yeah. that you had, you know, they have like five or six different versions that just do the same base beer and they mess around with the fruit. Yeah. Same kind of thing for the brains here. 
but to get 11 or so roughly around that, I shit, anything double digits, I think is pretty freaking impressive. <laughs> I was impressed that the, the petite sours, they had like four different flavors, yep. but to do set uh, more than seven or, you know, 11, that's see, this is the kind of stuff where, um, I really didn't have a whole lot of understanding of just like, like what it really took to make beer. Like, and I, and I want to, I want to preface that in a, in a certain way, because I've been to the Coors brewery in golden, uh, on, like two or three times I've seen that, but that's mass producing like mm-hmm. a very, I personally, I, again, this is a, a that's a more simple, uh, recipe, right? Because I'd it's agree. so watered down, but to, and th- there's not a whole lot of other additional flavors they're putting into it. But for these breweries, to ha- these micro breweries or macro breweries, to be able to one produce, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, enough to serve at their locations or bottle and serve at Packies or other places, and the complexity of them—that's impressive. And that's something I didn't truly understand until starting this podcast. Well, really, until like starting to hang out with you guys and do this on a consistent basis, mm-hmm. and then the. Uh, you know, the, the addition of the podcast has certainly helped, but it's just really interesting. Like that, that to me is so unique uh, and, and something that I've overlooked for, you know, how we've been doing this. I'd say I've probably been doing this like strong for over, just over a year or so. So for the time I've had to drink since 21, that's almost, you know, eight years of just, oh yeah, this, this is good, but not truly understanding what it took for that beer to go from, creation to my mouth i mean it's good to hear that we're a positive influence on you hopefully it offsets yeah, oh, the, definitely. All, all the other ways we're bad influences on you <laughs> oh yeah well matt's not here he's the bad in that's true he's he's with jack corrupting north carolina right now yeah god save Asheville, north carolina <laughs> all right so listeners this is going to be a uh, relatively short freeform pod tonight you know case i don't know about you do you have any beer news you want to touch before we get going with this no other than uh, i'm sad that we're not in one of the top beer making locations in the United States. Other than that. <laughs> yeah. Most of the news I have is bad. It's all the breweries that are closing down around here due to COVID. And I don't really want to listen to that right now. I don't, I'm just going to ignore it and pretend it's not happening. And uh, you know, I'm not, maybe not the right way to deal with the pandemic right now, listeners, but I'm kind of tired of it. You know, California's going on lockdown right now. I've got to stay home for three weeks. Can't go anywhere uh, unnecessarily. And uh, it's going to get a little bit, a little bit uh, nutty around here in a couple of weeks, but that's why we have this podcast. So as a reminder, you know, you can reach out to us on our voicemail at 774-224-0708. As Matt says, leave something that's not offensive and we'll play it on the air. Frankly, my standard's a little bit higher. It has to be entertaining to get on the air listeners. We've had some pretty, we've had some good voicemails recently. We've had some, some pedestrian ones and you know what? There's a standard to get on the air here with us. We are entertaining. So must you be entertaining? Yeah, I agree. Let, let's let's hold ourselves to a higher standard here. Absolutely. And as always, we have Instagram, Twitter, and Untapped. The uh, handle for all of those is at Counterpints. By the way, we also have now newly released stickers and business cards. So look for those stickers in the bathroom of the brewery near you. I'm sure we're going to make it to your city real soon. Oh, yeah. Damn straight. Absolutely. 2021, watch out. It's happening. Counterpints is going all over the United States. Yeah, baby. We're going national here. Yeah, that's actually hella funny because we we've technically gone international with uh our, our good friend from Canada. Now we're gonna go national. We 
we we went big first and then we're gonna hone in on just the united states so we went big now we're coming home well i mean due due to the travel bans we really can't go international right now so we got to stay domestic unfortunately so it is what it is we, we make the best with what we have listeners so tonight we're going to have a bit of a freeform podcast listeners we're going to talk a bit about why it's just casey and i tonight not jack and matt and we'll talk a bit about pac-12 football uh, maybe some pats chargers ha, that's going to be a short conversation uh, and a maybe a call-in from our boys in the field we'll see so listeners, you know, we are, uh, we won't say shorthanded tonight. We are undermanned, that's for sure, uh, with Casey and myself. Again, Jack and Matt are, are elsewhere causing havoc across the South. And uh, Casey, you want to talk a little bit about why that is? Yeah, so, I mean, obviously, we're, we're kind of uh, seeing a rise in COVID cases across the country and in the world, for that matter. And so the main reasoning behind why Kevin and I aren't there is, you know, we are, our plans were to go are still, at least for me, I can't speak for Kevin are still to go see our parents again, trying to be as safe in it as we possibly can with, with their well-being in mind, we decided to pull out and it's unfortunate because this trip with Jack and, and Matt and ourselves uh, is Asheville, North Carolina. And if you will go all the way back to the beginning of this podcast, it's really this trip that was originally scheduled for April of 2020 that started Counterpoint's podcast. We were originally scheduled to go in mid-April, right, Kev? Something around that. Yeah. And, um, you know, with the, the, the first wave, uh, obviously that got canceled. And then we had tried to plan it for, for later in the year. And with scheduling stuff, we, we, we had picked this weekend thinking it would work. And then it ended up working with everybody's schedule. But for the safety reasons... You know, Kevin and I just decided that we, we, we would regret if we ever did something that we would uh, uh, do to harm our parents. So we decided to, to stay. And, you know, for, for Jack and, and Matt, they were there in North Carolina. Matt's family is in North Carolina. So it really just made sense for them to go. They didn't really have to do, deal with the traveling, per se, like Kevin and I would with sitting on a plane for, for anywhere between five and six hours. And, uh, you know, the, the seats are now being all sold. So that's kind of the, the long story is why we're here and they're there. But I'll tell you what, Kev, I, I don't want to speak for you, but I have had major FOMO. Same here. <laughs> ever, man. ever since Friday. Major FOMO. Major, just major FOMO. I, I, I absolutely have to. I'm dealing with it by keeping the vacation time that I had. So I was supposed to be off Friday and off yeah. Monday for this trip. I, I didn't give those days back. I'm just taking them. You know what? I want my own Good little staycation you. here. So a little bit of mental health days for me. Yeah, and at this point, we need those mental health days, right? Like, I mean, because, again, the reason we're not there isn't because we didn't want to go. It isn't because we couldn't go. It's because of what's going on in the world. And that's the part that sucks is it kind of feels like, you know, you're stuck between a rock and a hard place, and that decision is tough to make. And you've got to make it with everybody in mind, not just ourselves. Yeah, I mean, it was a it was a calculated risk, and I already raised some eyebrows going to uh, to North Carolina in, in, a, in May when we went to the lake house, and when we went out to Colorado for mm-hmm. that little surprise B day uh, week. Yep. And uh, I just the risk was too great this time around. You know, Christmas is important to me. I like spending my time with my family. Well, who knows with this new California Same. shutdown if if that's even going to happen? I don't know. We'll yeah. see. But you know, it's just uh, changing priorities right now. Don't worry, listeners. Counterpoints will be back on the road in twenty twenty one. Oh yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Well, and, I, and I'll, I'll say this: 
I'm still, it's still not a for sure that I'm going to my parents for Christmas, right? Like I, I, I I've talked to some team doctors of ours that we, we've got at CU and I've, I've talked to my mom and my dad to make sure that, you know, they're okay with it. And, and the reality is it's going to be like a 24 hour before we leave kind of decision. Alyssa and I are going to go get COVID tested and then it, but if things aren't like good either here or cause they're not here, unfortunately, or in Idaho, then that might be a game time decision that, okay, well, you know, having Christmas in July of 2021, isn't that bad? Like we get right. two Christmases in, in 2021. I could be okay with that. <laughs> yeah. It's all about staying flexible and kind of taking what the world gives you right now, which unfortunately 2020 has been just a shit sandwich. You know, we, True. we do what we can though. That's the perfect term. I think a shit sandwich just, you know, it dangled some, some freedom in front of you and then it just ripped it out for, more like 10 months of the year. <laughs> <laughs> well, one of the things that was significantly impacted, but not entirely wiped away by 2020 and COVID was Pac-12 football. You know, mm-hmm. the conferences all had their different plans about when they're coming back to Pac-12, hemmed and hawed and sat around for a while. And I think they're only having, what, a five or six game season if you count the championship. So at yeah, least they're so back, though. They are, right? And, and uh, first off, let, let me say this. It's kind of nice not having Matt because we get to talk about sports, which is something that I've always wanted to say when he says his intro. It's stuff we talk about at breweries. It includes sports. Yeah. And that includes, a lo- most of the time, it includes a lot of sports, especially when you get you, me, and Jack together. You know, Matt kind of sits in his corner by himself sometimes because, I mean, you know. If it, if it makes you feel more at home, I can like, I can groan and moan like an elephant having her period right now. <laughs> No, 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 no. Let's let Matt do that. All um, right. Well, he's calling in a bit. Maybe, maybe he'll do that. Yeah. It, oh, yeah. We'll start with sports and see what Matt's reaction was. But you're right. No, it, it's exciting. You know, I will say this thing is unfortunately some people's jobs, maybe mine, maybe not, uh, revolve around sports so much. Mm-hmm. Man, uh, ever since July, it's been a roller coaster decision, right? July came and the Pac 12, along with the Big Ten, decided that they're going to wait on playing the season uh, and, the, and the original plan was to wait till 2021 so january 2021 to play a season well everybody else played and then it got to august maybe even september and people were like we, we got to play like you know and i and i understand the the reasoning you know you look at your bank account and yep you see money leaving and that's never uh, a good thing but you know it is nice to have it it's a little bit of a, a normality you know, a little mm-hmm. bit of it, but you know, the one thing that's hurt us is because we waited so long, the PAC 12, we have a cancellation and that game's canceled, you know, like there's no way to make it up. So like you said, you know, the original plan was six games with a seventh, everybody would play on a championship weekend with the top two teams going from either division to go play the championship. And then see the, the other teams from third all the way to 12 will then play a seventh game. But the reality is you've got teams that, you know, are playing their third game and we're five weeks in. So not everybody's playing the same games, which will take us to a topic that you and I can, can talk about uh, that includes that goofy school that you're, that you're so right now wearing and, and supporting, but it's, it's, it's interesting, right? And it's nice to have it back, but damn, I wish we had more. <laughs> I hear you. Every time I, I see shots of the Coliseum in Los Angeles, 
I'm like, oh, I can see my seat finally because there's nobody in the sands. And you can yeah. recognize I sat there, I sat there, I sat there, I sat there. My grandpa had season tickets over there. This is great. It's one of the unexpected benefits. But you're right, though. It is a sense of normalcy in a, in a time of chaos here. I am kind of concerned about this, this shortened season and what that means for bowl games, right? Because if you look at like the AP Top 25, how much real credibility can you give to a team like, say, Colorado or like USC, which are both on their, well, USC is on their way to be 4-0 right now. Colorado is 4-0. Normally, that would be pretty good, but teams in the rest of the you know Power 5 conferences have played a lot more games. Is there a shot that we're going to even have a chance at the playoffs? I say no. What do you think? Oh, yeah. No, I totally agree. No. I Even if Oregon or Washington would have gone undefeated, I just don't see it. Uh, alumni Brian from the podcast would... I, I even say Ohio State, who all of the experts, I'm putting that in quotation marks because I, I have so many questions for these experts, have Ohio State as third. And I, I just don't think you can put them in. They only um, had one good win. Well, they, the, the only team that they have on the schedule that could be good was Indiana. Correct. And that was a close game, right? Yep. And uh, the reality is, like, <laughs> this, is, this could be a hot take, but if I was Michigan, I've got nothing to lose. and. I mean, I'm not going to a bowl game. I, I wouldn't play. I would, and, and right, that rivalry, Michigan, Ohio State, that's a rivalry. I'd fuck Ohio State so hard and say, <laughs> I'm not playing. Good you're gonna, luck. You're going to sit out of Have spite, fun. right? You're going to blame Kobe. Oh, hell you're yeah. sit out of spite. I get that. Oh, actually. hell yeah. Well, and, 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 but you know why they won't is because if you get a Big Ten team in, it, it helps with your, the money that comes back from the college football playoff. Mm. So, right, like, you know, Michigan would then, not only have Ohio State to hate them, it would have the other 12 teams <laughs> hating them as well because it could, ru- it could take away some money. And again, in 2020, money is, is, is just about everything. So I get it, but I'm with you, dude. I don't see us having a, a possibility at the playoffs. The other thing that really sucks is that we're seeing more and more bowl games be canceled. All the sponsors pulling out or just because yeah, sponsors, okay. but also the fact that it, you know, the cases are rising mm-hmm. and a lot of the way they make their money is, is what it's, it's uh, concessions too, right? Yeah, concessions, concessions and, and tickets. Yeah. Exactly. So if they don't have that, then the amount you're getting that you're used to getting, if you go to these bowl games is nothing. And so then it's going to cost more to put the bowl on mm-hmm. than you'll get in sponsorships or in revenue. So I think that's what you're seeing. And, and honestly, the Pac-12 bowl games that are the bowl games that are associated with the Pac-12 are, are hitting hard, right? Yeah. Like you already lose one this year because uh, the Rose Bowl is a semifinal. Oh, usually the, the champion of the Pac-12 um, plays champion what, the Big of the Pac-12 yeah. the, plays the Big Ten yeah. if they're not in the college football playoffs. Mm-hmm. So we lost that one. And I think if, I, if my memory serves me right, I think we are – we have – Seven bowl games, seven or eight bowl games, uh, not including the Rose Bowl. Okay. Um, so we have seven or eight bowl games. Well, the Rose Bowl is gone. So I, I want to say it's eight. And so we're, we'd have eight. Well, they've canceled three, if I'm not mistaken. I know one of them. Pac-12. One of them is, the, I think, the Holiday Bowl, right? They play that here in San Correct. Diego. They're, they're leveling the stadium. Like every time I drive by it there, they're just taking more chunks out of it. So I don't know where Correct. they're going to play. There's that one, and then there's the other one in uh, Northern California that we go to that's played at Levi Stadium. That mm-hmm. one got canceled. And the Sun Bowl in El Paso, Texas got canceled. 
And what's crazy about that is some bowl one is it's the second longest running bowl game in the United States. And they've, they've, they've canceled it. So we're, we're, we're losing chances left and right for bowl games. And, and, and personally speaking for Colorado, that's a huge thing because we haven't been to a bowl game since 2016. So now we're bowl eligible. There's a chance we could go to one of these bowls. But if they keep getting canceled, we might not go. And that, that's hard to, to swallow. You know, I know you at USC don't really have to worry about that problem. Well, but. so my, my, my solution to this is I'm going to pour all my energy into like the last game of the season, which is USC UCLA, which is it's not really the Pac-12 championship game, but it's it's actually well before the championship game came around. It was more important than that because there's a lot of pride on the line when you face yeah. those guys from Westwood. So, you know, do you have like an arch rival of Colorado that you can say the same that, you know, every year you circle these guys and that's the biggest game of the year? So in the Pac-12, they tried to make it Utah because we oh, came you're in both, to you're both the add-ons. Yeah, yeah, because the Utah joined from the Mountain West and we joined from the Big Twelve, and so that when we joined in, it was 2012, mm-hmm. and moved it from the Pac-10 to the Pac-12. They tried to make it Utah. It's not our our big rivalry at Colorado is definitely uh, Nebraska. That's, oh, okay, yeah that's, yeah, that's the one. But the problem is, is ever since we left. The Big 12, we don't play them every year because the year we left the Big 12, they did too, but they went to big, the Big 10. So we don't play them every year, so it can't really be a rivalry. Now, they're trying to bring it back. Yep. Uh, like the last two years we've played, and Colorado's won both. But we, you know, we're taking a break, and then I think we play again in like 2023. So you take like a two-year break or three-year break, and then you play again. It's not really a rivalry. So we don't. We don't have that rivalry like, uh, a UCLA, USC, or a Michigan, Ohio State, or yeah, not no uh, one, no one in conference you're going to see every year. And no, so, like, like these, these these out of conference games are good though. Like you know, USC's played Ohio State a couple of times. They played Alabama and gotten their ass kicked pretty hilariously. <laughs> um, but you know that's how it goes. Every couple of years you get these like marquee games. With I guess with uh, Nebraska being out of the conference, you're not really going to see them that often. No, no, and and, and I'm even going to put. I want to pitch this to you. I know USC UCLA is a big game for for you guys and UCLA. But if we really want to, if I was running the Pac-12, right, uh-huh. and you guys win tonight, which it looks like you're probably going to do, you got a the second half, but it doesn't look like it's Washington State's, uh, yeah, thirty-five-six. Is it still halftime? It's not, it's yeah. not their night. Yeah, it, it doesn't look like Washington State's going to come back. What I would do if I was the Pac-12 is I would cancel. The USC UCLA game. I would cancel the Colorado Utah game, and I would make UCLA play Utah, even if they've played already. Don't care. And I would make Colorado play USC to really see who the champion <laughs> of the uh, I, South is. That's very self-serving. And you know what? I, I get where you're coming from. However, if you cancel USC UCLA, Los Angeles might riot, and not just because they're under stay-at-home orders and they're already pissed off as it is. <laughs> Uh, you know, I think, I think, um, I know a nice riot in the streets of Pasadena would be interesting to see. <laughs> I take that back, please. If that happens, don't blame us. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying like, because the reality is we're, and again, I, I'm, I'm talking from a, a, obviously you're right. It is self self-serving because. But I get it though. We we've had two games canceled in the South yep. and neither of them are our fault, but yet we're going to get punished because. The, one of those games was USC and they have more conference wins than we do. I mean, it just, it, it, and it comes down to who's ranked higher in the college football playoff. Again, 
something that I think is complete bullshit when I tell you these, you know, the, the professionals or the analysts, how Ohio State, who hasn't played a game, maintained their, you know, not this week, but last week, maintained their sitting at, at three, blows my mind. How USC has maintained their seating at 20 blows my mind. If you don't play, you should drop. Now, it's not just about winning and losing. It's about, did you play? No. Okay, well, you can fall. Because other teams played, and yet you know, they, they don't get moved up. Well, that's a good, so I think that's a, an interesting stance. Well, that's a good point, though. So look at BYU as a good mm-hmm. example recently, right? Didn't they have a game canceled on them that they found an alternate? And how'd that work out for them? Not good. Not good. Well, I mean, not it's a gamble, good. of course, but you know, if you win, you can you get the payout, obviously. If you're not listen, well, this is this is the year, or this was the year, because of all the craziness for a for a non-power five school to make the playoff. Was it gonna happen? No. I, I'm about I'm about 98% sure it wasn't gonna happen. But this was the year. They had the chances, right? Like Cincinnati has a strong argument. They are mm-hmm. undefeated. They've got more wins than Ohio State. <laughs> And you could make an argument that they've played ranked opponents. I forget. Where does Notre Dame? Notre Dame's not a power five, right? They're number two. So they're, they're in, technically right? a power five. Uh, like they're I not know. in it's a such conference. such a weird, weird rule for them. Well, right. Yeah, they're an independent. They're, they're like BYU. Like BYU will never, in a normal year, will never make the college football playoff. They could go undefeated, but they don't have a conference championship game. Oh, okay. I got you. So they're never going to make it. Honestly, and this is a hot take too, but I'm, you know, more than Pac-12 fan. I'm a Boise State fan. And the only reason they beat Boise State this year was because Boise State was on their fourth string quarterback <laughs> and had a bunch of people out because of COVID, right? So, you know, I, this was the year. You have all these things up against so many of these Power 5 schools. This was the year. This was the chance that all these teams had. And unfortunately, it just it's not paying off. If well, it were me and I was the college football committee, I'd have two SEC schools and two ACC schools because that they, they, they played the full gamut, most of them, and they played tough teams. I mean, honestly, I would say pick the four teams that are going to derive the highest ratings. That's all. I don't care if they're the best teams because this year was always was always going to be a kind of a question mark about the year just because you know COVID fucked everything up. But why not actually just say, hey, you know what? We need to make some money back because they're already doing this. That's why they're playing. They want the money. Don't give me this nonsense about keeping players, you know, skilled and ready for the draft. I know they care about that, but that is not their most important goal. Just say it's about the money and then pick the pick the teams that are going to get the highest ratings. I don't care if I see like Clemson, Alabama in there again. They'll get some good ratings. It should be. Well, if it was me, your top. This is what I think that the top four should be. Mm. And then I want to hear your take on it. My top four would be. In this order, Alabama, Notre Dame, Clemson, and Florida. See, I'm, I'm torn because the last time, well, <laughs> what, what's Ohio State's record against the SEC? What's Notre Dame's record against the SEC? Not good. No, none of them are good. <laughs> like that, that's not the thing good. Is, Alabama's just going to steamroll anybody through there except Clemson. So actually, I agree with that order. If, well, hang on, you said Clemson was number three for your yeah. seed? I'd rank Clemson yeah. four, actually, as they have it right now in the AP, because that means they're going to play each other. And Ohio State Notre Dame is actually a compelling game, I think. But I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't have uh, Ohio State in there. I, I don't, I don't think they are justified in being eligible. Even if they win against Michigan, that's six and zero, and they go to the Big Ten championship game, that's seven and zero. 
does a 7-0 team really deserve to be in there when Alabama, Notre Dame, Clemson, A&M, and Florida have all played larger schedules, even though that Texas A&M and Florida are one-loss teams? Yeah, I, I would say that. And the reason I wouldn't put A&M in to the top four above Florida is because A&M is in the same division of the SEC as Alabama. So they're not even going to get a chance to play in the SEC championship game. That's why I wouldn't put them in. That's the only reason why Florida would be in and Ohio State would be out is because it's settled. Florida is playing Alabama for the SEC championship and Notre Dame is playing Clemson for the, S- or for the ACC championship. It just, it, and, and this is what's going to happen. And I hope it does. If Florida beats Alabama, they're all locked. You're taking the SEC championship, even if they're a one-loss team. Yep. And guess what? You're going to take Alabama as well. Even if they lose in the SEC championship game, you're taking them. They've, they've been the best team all year, kicking the shit out of everybody they play. And then if Clemson beats Notre Dame and they're both one-loss teams, you're taking both of them as well. So I, I, I if I was... And again, this is just me. I love to fuck over Ohio State. I would be like, <laughs> Bama and Florida, I'd be like, yo, Bama, do you really give a shit? Rest your stars. We'll make sure that you're one. You're still going to be one because everybody else will have one loss. So you'll be one. We'll put Notre Dame. We'll, we'll put Clemson as two. And then we'll put Florida as three and Notre Dame as four. That way, there, it's not SEC versus SEC, SEC and ACC. Yeah. Yeah, right? You don't want that. So that's what I would do. Honestly, I would go to Nick Saban and be like, dude, take rest your team, right? Get them healthy. Mm -hmm. Throw the fucking SEC championship game. It doesn't fucking matter. No matter what happens this year, there's always going to be a little asterisk there. So get their opponent in. Same thing with Clemson and Notre Dame. And I'd ride that thing till it's dead. That's a Those four teams are solid teams. And it would be a lot of fun to watch. So it, it might violate my ratings suggestion, but maybe Coastal Carolina should get a shot at it. Just just for shits and giggles, right? Hey, listen, I will never go against the underdog mm-hmm. or the group of five because uh-huh. that's obviously the team that I'm most passionate about. They're in it. I, I would love that. Unfortunately, they just the 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 it's a different the class. Same, they're they're, they're, they're going to get wiped out, unfortunately, but they also deserve their moment in the sun, I think, too. True. True. No, I, hey, listen, I don't disagree. The only thing that I have a feeling would happen is kind of where everybody's at with Oklahoma, right? Oklahoma continues to get in, and mm-hmm. what happens? They continue to get their asses kicked. So people are, are so fed up with letting Oklahoma get into the college football playoff and then get waxed that they're just like, we're, you know, never let them in again. I'm worried that if the group of five winner that comes in gets absolutely spanked, then they'll never let a group of five winner in again. And I just don't know if this is the year to truly showcase the talent, right? Because so many teams have had players sit out or are currently having COVID problems. So I I don't know. Everything's kind of a question mark with this year. Like the records aren't aren't everything. Like Ohio State actually went and, and, and won without half their team, it seemed, at Michigan State this weekend, you know. Maybe that win counts or something. Maybe it doesn't. I don't know. But how do you actually quantify it versus everybody else, right? Yeah, and I think that's the toughest part is you can't. And, like, I'll be honest. I don't. I think a high school football team could have gone out there and beat Michigan State. I really do. Shit, I'll, I'll even say this, and this, this kills me to say, but I think it's true. I think a high school, a good high school football team could go out and beat Michigan. 
So I don't really think that these two games that they're playing in back-to-back weeks are deserve a chance at the college football playoff. Because I just have this feeling that Ohio State, to me, is just overrated. And, and there was all this hoopla and, and, and favoritism towards them coming into this this year. Mm-hmm. And that's why the Big Ten really made a push to come back is because Ohio State was sitting there just going, well, this is our chance. This is our chance to, to really show people. I just don't see that happening. I, I, think, I think Clemson, I think Alabama, and I think Notre Dame are all better teams. Yeah, anything you say that uh, screws over Michigan and Jim Harbaugh, I'm with you just because my biases are, uh, you know, my <laughs> grudges go along here, USC alumni. Uh, but moving on to something a little less controversial, because I don't think you're going to get much of a fight, uh, certainly not yeah. from the L.A. Chargers, was the uh, Chargers-Pats game today. We got a lot of New Englanders on this pod, so a lot of, <laughs> a lot of Pats fans who are, are very, well, in my opinion, very obnoxious, but also deservedly <laughs> so, because, you know, they, they, they have a good team, so they can, they can talk the trash. Chargers these days are in Los Angeles, formerly of San Diego. I supported them when they were the uh, San Diego Chargers kind of ambivalent now that they're the LA Chargers because I don't like the ownership. So my view of this beatdown, this epic beatdown that the Pats laid on the Chargers today is um, I'm kind of, eh, I don't really care. Like I'm curious about Justin <laughs> Herbert. I like Justin Herbert. I think he could win offensive rookie of the year, but today was bad, bad. Yeah, I, I think uh, I'm with you. I've, I've actually been very, very pleased with Justin Herbert. And I think he is the very, very, very bright, piece to this team. I really wish the Pats would have been able to draft him because I think he was the best pick coming out of that draft, actually. I think he's better than Tua. Better than Joe Burrow? I think he's better than Joe Burrow, yeah. (laughs) Joe Burrow, okay, hot take. Joe Burrow isn't that good. If Like, he had one good year. And, like, he he actually was doing really well with Cincinnati. Mm -hmm. So I'll I'll give him a little bit of credit for that. I was kind of surprised by that. But if you look at his team, the year before last year at LSU, that team was okay, but he was absolute dog shit. The, and then the only reason he was as good as he was that last year was because of the talent that they had at, at the skill positions. Wide receiver, running back, that, ta- that team was stacked. Their offensive line, their defense was stacked. That team was stacked. That's the only reason they won the national championship. It, it, it truly wasn't mm-hmm. Joe Burrow. I think it was everybody it was a team else. Effort. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But more so on the team side than on Joe Burrow's side. Yeah, he threw for, you know, 60-some-odd touchdowns in a season. Shit, I think a donkey could have thrown 60 <laughs> touchdowns on in a season with that team and that, those, those, the talent they had. So that being said, but I think uh, Herbert is, is the real deal. And I think he's only going to get better. I think he's got a much higher ceiling than Joe Burrow does. Yes, Joe Burrow just had one good season and was flashy. So I, you had an interesting point there. You know, the team versus the player at LSU. I kind of think, and I know I'm arguing against my guy here, but I think that's what's going on with Herbert right now. I think he has a better supporting cast than Joe Burrow does. I think the offensive weapons are on the Chargers have always been good. Their weaknesses, the defense, especially the secondary, and the offensive line, which has always been garbage. Now at least I have a young quarterback who can actually move. Uh, I mean, if you watch the Colts game today with Phillip Rivers, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, no, and I think you. I think that's a fair statement to an extent. Was I think both teams suck. <laughs> yeah, that's true. They do. Plain and simple. But um, I, I think the rest of the Chargers though are better than the rest of the Bengals. I think 
I think Joe Burrow is doing a, a hero ball game, and that's yeah. I mean, act, and that's why he got hurt because he was trying to do too much. Herbert is within a system that is okay. You know, the coach is okay, but the players around him. Are good. Yeah, new coach, new coach for uh, Cincinnati. So mm-hmm. they're trying to you know figure all that out, and, and th- there's a truth to that. But here's the reality, though. Cincinnati's been bad for a long, long time. So they've had draft picks to get better, and they really haven't panned out, right? It's kind of what people were saying about the Browns, mm-hmm. right? They had number one pick after number one pick after number one pick after number one pick, and it wasn't panning out until really a, they had a glimpse last year, but really this year, right? Like they had a huge win today by beating Tennessee in Tennessee. Like that's massive, but the pieces are starting to come together. That's just something we haven't seen with Cincinnati. And I don't think the Chargers have ever been that bad, truly, right? Like two years ago, they played the Pats in the playoffs. Got absolutely spanked, but they made the playoffs, right? They, they've actually made some solid signings with Bosa. The dude's a fucking animal. Allen is one of the leads the league in receptions for a wide receiver. So, I mean, I feel like that they are starting to get the pieces it's just really what I've seen. It's the mistakes from yes. the Chargers. And from the coach, from the team, it's just not been great. Yeah, they, they, they make boneheaded mistakes in critical moments in the game. And that's what really shoots them in the foot, I think. Wasn't much coming from this, this game, really. And, and, and you said New England's got a good team. I think they've historically had a good team. I think if you ask many people, I don't think this team's that good. I do think one of the things that has happened this week is they've gotten a lot of players back from injury. They said on the, before the game that the Patriots had had like 10 different starting offensive line combinations, which in the NFL is absolutely crazy. You might get that in college, but in the NFL, that's insane. That should have um, been a recipe for disaster. Uh, right? I'm not Exactly. I have, I'm, not, I'm not sure how much of that is is Belichick and the system versus uh, just not being up against grit pass rush today. And so I, I don't know which way it goes. I turned that game off after the first quarter just because it was garbage. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was close at the end of the first quarter. It was only 7 nothing at the end of the first. <laughs> you, you could tell which way it was going to go. I'm, just like, I, I'm very pessimistic when it comes to the Chargers, all right? They have a way of losing games that is just... It'll give you an ulcer if you let it. That's fair. Well, and I honestly, like... You know, like I was telling this to Jack, I'm kind of torn. Like, right, I'm glad the Patriots win. I always want my team to win. But at the same time, it might be kind of nice. I don't know what this is like. It's been a long time since I was like 10 since we had a decent draft, you know, or like a, a decent draft pick, uh, like high in the, in the first round. So I'm kind of sitting there going, this might be, you know, maybe a losses aren't that bad because we'll finally get a high pick. And this draft, I think there's some really good studs in this draft. I really do. But but you Maybe know not necessarily a quarterback. You, you know what's going to happen though, right? Belichick's going to trade back, and he's going to get like two second oh, round always. picks or, or late round pick. He's, he doesn't know what to do with a first round pick or like a top first round pick because he's never been there. Well, he's been there once before, I think, but a long, long time ago. And so yeah, I don't first know. Took over. <laughs> I know, right? When it was a, a garbage franchise, and he's done a lot for the franchise, but. I don't think he drafts well. I just, I just don't. He's got a, oh, I don't, a mixed track record. I think he drafts well in later rounds, right? Like our first rounders haven't really panned out a whole lot. Now, two years ago, we had two. We got uh, Isaiah Wynn from Georgia, the left tackle, left tackle. I think he's left tackle, left tackle, left guard, one of those. 
And then uh, we got Sony Michelle out of Georgia, the running back. And both of those guys have actually been pretty good, right? Like Sony Michelle basically helped us win a, uh, an AFC championship game against Kansas City in Kansas City and then scored a touchdown against the Rams in the Super Bowl to give us our sixth uh, Super Bowl. So, like, he's panned out. Wynn is actually one of the best offensive linemen we have, so he started to pan out. But th- those are rarities, right? You go back further, like, our first rounders are like, eh. They're very hit or miss. And unfortunately, we've had some misses. Uh, There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. But then you look at our second, third, fourth, fifth rounds, and you're like, Jesus, we get some diamonds in the rough. Like, how the hell do you – where did you see that kid, you know? So it's tough, but I agree with you. I think he misses a lot early, and he does well later. And I think that's actually why he ends up trading back so often. And maybe he'd rather have a lot, uh, you know, a lot more of the lower round pick so he can have a chance to get one wrong. Because, I mean, even with a first round pick, they're not always going to pan out. So if you have a lot of lower yeah. round picks, you have a higher chance of having better players. Even if the ceiling isn't quite as high, you still have more of them. It's a good point. That's a good point. And, and you know, I mean, hell, there's a lot of people on this. I mean, I mean obviously, like the, the very popular one is Tom Brady, you know, going in the sixth round and being what he is, what he is, what he was. But even then, like, I, 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 I want to know, I really want to know if Tom sitting, is sitting in Tampa Bay and like, yeah, Tampa Bay's got a better record, but they're losing games that he probably wouldn't have lost, right? Like lost twice to the Saints, lost to the Rams. Um, the, the loss to the Bears was inexcusable where he forgot Bears. what down it was. Well, see, okay. So in his defense, I truly think he knew what down it was. He was just trying to see if he could pull a fast one on the ref and get a fifth okay. down. Yeah, hey, it's happened. Fun fact, it's it's happened when? before. Uh, actually, so I, I I don't know the exact year, but Colorado versus Missouri in college football, we got a fifth down and ended up beating Mizzou. So it happens. Very very rare, but it, it it could happen. So I think that's what is real. I think that's what he was really doing. I highly doubt the greatest quarterback of all time is gonna forget what down it is, like. That's just my instinct. And yes, I do like him. So I'm going to stick up for him. But I truly think that's what his he was trying to accomplish was pull a fast one. Well, I mean, it was a boneheaded mistake. And, and, and making it, a, was. it was a, making that mistake doesn't invalidate his legacy. You can just say he screwed up and pulled a, you know, pulled sure. a boner here. You know, that's what happens. It doesn't sure. change the legacy he has. True, true. I, I just think if if you take the wide receivers, right, that he's got at in Tampa Bay and you put them on receivers and you put them on the Patriots. There's no doubt in my mind that this team's winning everything and over and over and over again. And listeners, as promised, our our boys in the field, Matt and Jack, have called in to check in on their status. Guys, are you alive? Barely. (laughs) This is your counterpunch field team out in uh, Charlotte, North Carolina, waiting, awaiting the ambulance. Please kill me. I don't want to be alive. Yeah, I hear uh, IV bags are good for hangovers. Do they actually help when you're still drunk, though? I don't know. Well, we tried to see. We'll find out. We tried to see how many fried chicken sandwiches we could eat and see if that would sober us up. That didn't work. So then we had a huge plate of nachos, and that didn't work. <laughs> so we ate a bunch of French fries, and that, that was killed us. That's true. And then I was thinking of eating some old Milky Ways that I have from the Airbnb. We'll see how that goes. 
So I have, I have a question for you, though. On your second fried chicken sandwich, did you puke? There's been no puking on this trip. There wow, that's close, good. I mean, I can't calls. imagine who would puke. There's some close calls. Uh, there was but, a close calls at Bojangles this yeah. morning. Oof. But the Southern Shock Mountain Dew seemed to cure that. That's true. The Southern Wait. Shock, pretty good Mountain Dew flavor, have to admit. Thank you, Marion, North Carolina. They call it the oh, gem. I mean, once again, it's Marion, North Carolina. <laughs> the gem of the South. We only saw two giant Confederate flags inside of the highway. <laughs> So, so that's how you started your day after a day and a half, two solid days of drinking. You started with Bojangles. Yeah, and yeah. I, I made the mistake of having a steak biscuit. Fucking gross. Do not get steak biscuits at Bojangles. <laughs> Noted. You know, I, I'm guessing we're going to get into a little more detail on the next pod when you and uh, Jack give us a recap of, of your trip. If you had to summarize your trip into one sentence each, what do you think you'd say? Oh, boy. Uh, <laughs> it could be two it's, words. It can be it can be kill me. No, that's, I'm fine with that. Actually, I have mine. Um, Whip is the best cat I have ever met. That's a summary of my trip. Okay. <laughs> Can't wait to hear more um, about that. Summary of my trip is, I don't really think I like sours. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. I, I don't know if I'm a sour fan. <laughs> I, I can take a couple of them, but uh, I might spoil a little bit here. Uh, one of the breweries I went to is easily the worst brew I've ever been to in my life. And they uh, specialize in shop sours. Shout out Funkatorium. We'll talk about that in a while. Can I change my sentence? Um, I'd like to modify it to that sweater wasn't worth forty five dollars. That's a big tease, boy. <laughs> uh, we 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 will get into this because you messaged us while you were there saying this was easily the highlight of the trip. So I'm curious now. Oh, Might yeah, you have we my talk interest about that right now? Actually, oh, yeah. we can talk about that. I'll, I'll like tease the list a little bit. We can talk, we can talk about that. So that would have been the end of night one. Uh, we we were at Highland Brewing in Asheville. It was actually, I believe, our first brewery in Asheville. Yeah. And I had to drive, so I, I was responsible, and I didn't drink as much. And Matt took full advantage, heard it, and ended up getting a, a second flight one minute before the place closed. <laughs> and that put him over the edge. Ooh. And as Matt does, he likes to look at the merchandise True. and saw a sweater with a logo <laughs> of a beer that he liked, where both myself and the attendant working the stand told him not to buy it. <laughs> wow. And he bought it because he wanted to get out of there and go to the bathroom. That's all he just was like, I need this transaction to be done so I can go to the bathroom. So let's fast forward to when he woke up the next morning. And I got to be the guy who told him that he bought a $45 sweatshirt. <laughs> <laughs> not even that nice though. It's not it's not gonna fit him anymore. Oh, it will not, not after today. <laughs> well, so fucking bad. What a waste of money. Sounds like you boys had a hell of a trip. Is there any beer left in the state? Oof. Well, not in Nashville. Yeah, we'll 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 drop some numbers <laughs> on our listeners at some point, but we are in the literal hundreds of beers attempted. We, our bodies are in shambles and our minds are completely gone. Yeah, I'm ready to piss you. <laughs> Casey, are you glad you sat this one out now? Kind of, but kind I'm of, still kind got of a too. lot know, of FOMO. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you, you, you hear them describe the pain and anguish they're in, and you kind of want to be like, I want that. I really want that. Yeah. Just a little bit. <laughs> yeah, you could have had some sake shots, you know? Yeah, we did have sake shots last. It also you know, kills me yeah. that Funkatorium just wasn't that good because I remember when I went a couple <laughs> yeah, years ago. It's good if you like sours. That's the kind of place for you. Yeah, I think, I, I think Kevin would have been fully torqued the entire time he was there. <laughs> 
Well, I mean, that was going to happen regardless of where we went because I wasn't That's driving. And uh, I, I got to try to find my, my inner fat Morrisburg. Mm. Yeah. D- did fat come out at all? No, fat never made an appearance. No, I, I would say we kept it relatively under control. Um, night wow. one, I definitely lost my memory. No question at Highland. I was done. Uh, Saturday, we were pretty good. We had to walk from place to place, and it was also freezing, so <laughs> yeah. it was kind of sobering. That's yeah. good. Like, I was definitely drunk at the end, but not not dying. Not, not as bad as Friday. And today, we did not drink that much. So Surprisingly, Saturday night, when we were done, we actually didn't get any fast food after. We just went home and went to bed. Yeah, shock. That is the right decision. That we're is really the right decision. Out. Yeah. We, unfortunately, for the Taco Bells in the greater Asheville area, they did not receive any of our business. Okay, we caught up in fast food today. Exactly. I mean, oh. you you would have kept Taco Bell in business for 2021 had you hit there that night. But oh, you know. we'll still probably try. <laughs> well, boys, we appreciate you calling in. We're glad to hear you survived, and we're looking forward to hearing the details of your trip. Any last words to the listeners before we uh, we let you go? Yeah, we have a hell of a recap coming, so buckle up for that one. We will have very specific thoughts on many breweries, so. Use it as a tourism guide for your future trips, or don't, because we have horrible opinions. Oh, are we going to write a TripAdvisor report for this trip? Uh, coming yes. soon. Nice. I'm going to put it on it's my... It's called the Flight Flight Map. <laughs> uh, copyrighted. Of course, of course. All right, guys. Well, thank you for calling in. Get home safe, and uh, we'll talk to you in a bit. Okay, yeah. bye, guys. Love you. Shout out to Whip. <laughs> Later, Best boys. Time. Love you, too, guys. I'm glad they survived. I, I was. I oh had my, my doubts. God, yeah, same, same. What an absolute. There's no other word than shit show. That that's it. I I I. Before I've even heard a detail about that trip, I know it's going to be a shit show. And honestly, I'm surprised. Fat never came out. Honestly, what a shocker. I miss all of that. I miss that. I know it's not good yeah. for my health, but I miss that. And short, spirited bursts of just debauchery are actually kind of rewarding yes oh 100 percent yeah major fomo Uh, that's all i can really say i've said it (laughs) a million times i'm gonna say it again fomo is hitting hard and has been hitting hard all weekend yeah i hear you all right hey we're gonna wrap up the podcast listeners here uh we're not gonna do a brewery of the week uh we all each had or casey and i both had one beer so there's no point in going back and do a best beer of the cast so yeah agreed we're just gonna do a last call any last calls? I mean, I, I, I've talked about it a little bit on uh, in our in our segment with the Pac-12, but my last call is really going to come down to the college football playoff committee. Do what is right. Do what we all want. And don't reward teams that shouldn't and don't deserve to be in the playoffs. Plain and simple. I mean, you could just call out Ohio State if you want. I'm not going to judge you for it. I mean, yeah, I fucking hate Ohio State. God damn, like, it was so funny. Uh, I don't mean to go off on a tangent, but I, I have to say this. So we have uh, some friends of mine that obviously are all Colorado fans are talking about how they were cheering on Ohio State to beat M- M- Michigan State because Mel Tucker, our old football coach, <laughs> is now at Michigan State. And I was like, I cannot root for those fucking idiots in the gray and red. Can't do it. Hate them all. Can't do it. If there was a way for all those teams to lose, fine by me. Don't. Yeah, the mention of it. And anyone who went there too, and that includes Brian. Oh, you poor things. That's all I can say is the only reason you probably went there is because you couldn't get into Michigan, and that just sucks for you. Yeah, the uh, the Casey Brian rivalry lives long, lives on long after his exit from the podcast, listeners. 
Yeah, it does. We are we are haunted by the ghost of Brian. All right. You know, I don't think I have a last call this week. Uh, you know, it was fun to try to be the host for a week. Uh, maybe I could do this. Well done, uh, too, by the way. Professionally well one day. Who knows if my if I ever lose my job, you know, it might happen. Positive thoughts. Positive thoughts. Don't say that. Positive thoughts. <laughs> All right. I'll, I'll try to say positive. All right, listeners. <laughs> so uh, we know, as you might have heard, the next podcast is going to be a recap from our boys in the field. We need to give them some time to to collect themselves and maybe grow a, a brain cell or two because they don't have many left at this point. If you have any thoughts about what we talked about tonight, give us a call. 774-224-0708. Again, if you are entertaining and not awful, we'll put you on the air. Otherwise, hit us up on Instagram, Twitter, or on Tapped at, at Counterpints. And as always, stay frosty, my friends. Your job, are you poor? Are you broken down? Well, have you lost your job? Are you poor? Are you broken down? And come on, all you workers, sing along with me. We hit our wall at Brewery 21. Jesus.